Hi guys, it's Real Talk with Tracy. And I realized that I have a lot to learn. I always thought that being honest with your feelings with people is the best way to operate. Um, it's the best way to have a close relationship. And I realize now that many people, um, no matter how gently you try to tell them, you know, this hurt my feelings, um, you can't do that because the, 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 the chances are they're not going to want to acknowledge it because they're going to get defensive and then they're going to get defensive. You're going to get defensive and then you're both going to get defensive. And then all of a sudden they bring up stuff from like, I don't know, 10 years ago. So, you know, I come from what I want to say is a broken family, family with a lot of narcissist, family with a lot of dysfunction. Um, I don't know where that came from, probably came from generations and generations, but I, I do pride myself on being a very sincere, loving, caring person. And there's times that I've been really direct and it doesn't mean I don't love somebody. It doesn't mean I don't care about somebody. But if my feelings are hurt by something that somebody is doing or not doing, and I want to let them know, I will let them know. And sometimes that's taken in a good way. I remember I have a really close friend who I love and adore and I said to her, you know, I love you. I love talking with you. We've been friends for a long time. But it's just that I tend to call you more than you call me. And that just kind of hurts my feelings. I just wish that you would care enough to reach out a little bit more to me. And she took that and she said, oh my God, I am so happy you told me that because I love having you as a friend I didn't realize you were feeling this way. Let's talk about it. And I'm going to make more of an effort to call you. And, you know, our friendship has gone on like 40 years. And that was like one little thing. She could have said, you know what? Screw you. Who do you think you are? But she didn't because she really loved me. She was really a very caring, understanding person. And, you know, like my husband said, every time you open your mouth and you say something, you're going to cause a reaction. The reaction could be good. The reaction could be bad. I had another friend who was in charge of a meetups group and she befriended me really fast and she was kind of older than me. She reminded me of some of my older Jewish uh, aunts, and she wanted to cook brisket for me. I mean, it was so endearing. You know, she really thought I was great. And she was a lovely person. And her and her husband and me and my husband, we would go over there for dinners or we would take them out to eat. We would reciprocate. We became really good friends and the friendship lasted about five years. And one day she had this meetup group. She was really upset 
because I hadn't set up an event. Well, at the time I was working and traveling 50% of the time, I would go to events and I would pay whatever I needed to pay for an event, but I didn't actually set any up and I didn't know it was so important to her for me to do that. So I said to her, yeah, no problem. I'll set one up. Don't worry. So we got off the phone and we got back on the phone and I started thinking about all these people in the group that she had kicked out. All these wonderful women and their husbands, it was a couple's group, that she had kind of banished from her kingdom. Like, if you don't agree with me or you don't see things my way, you are banished from my kingdom. And she would kick people out of the group. Now, I never knew what happened and these people never came back and tried to talk to me. But I can see that she kept losing friends, really, really nice, quality, caring people. And I just couldn't understand why. So as her friend, I noticed that she was very controlling. And I knew her for five years. And I thought, you know what? She's really controlling. And this is really ruining her social life because she's burning all these bridges. And I feel like I need to share it with her in a nice way. Um, she had given me a party, uh, like a woman's party for my 50th birthday. And she invited over a half sibling of mine who made a bunch of appetizers. And she had told my sibling, um, you could only put out one. Because I made this gourmet meal and these are too many appetizers and this could like overshadow what I'm doing here. So just pick one and the rest keep in the bag. So my half sister was really pissed about it because she had been up all night cooking. And I thought that was really rude of my friend because it really hurt my sister's, you know, feelings. So I brought it up to her on the phone. I said, listen. You and I have been such good friends for such a long time, and I see that there's all these people that you keep cutting ties with that aren't your friends anymore. And I think part of it has to do with that you tend to be a little controlling. And she's like, what? And I'm like, oh, shit. What do you mean I'm controlling? And I said, she goes, give me an example. So I'm thinking, oh, shit. Oh, my God. I've already dived into the deep end of the pool. I said, remember when you threw me that party, my sister brought some appetizers, you only let her pull out one. Well, why didn't she give you the fucking party? And every other word was F this and F that, and she absolutely lost her mind. This woman on the phone, this loving, gentle, caring, make Tracy brisket around the holiday woman, became freaking a nutcase. She was calling me every, every single curse word you could think of. She was screaming and screeching at the top of her lungs. I started shaking and the phone actually fell out of my hand and I had to pick it up off the floor. And I'm thinking, this sounds like my crazy alcoholic mother when she would be on a bender or be in her manic moments with all of her, you know, bottles of plum wine. This is crazy. I felt like if I would have been with her in person, she was mad enough that she could have like maybe stabbed me with a knife. 
She was out of control nuts. So I hung up the phone. She calls back and she's like, oh, we got disconnected and I'm sure you would never hang up on me. So I waited a while. I called her back. I left her a message and I said to her, her name, I said, I love you. We've been really great friends and I appreciate our friendship for the last five years, but I want to let you know that you need to go back and see your psychiatrist and maybe get on some different medication. I said, I've never done anything to make you talk to me this way and scream at me. And to be honest with you, you've lost all my trust and I don't feel safe being your friend anymore. So I wanted to tell you that I wish you well. But I am disconnecting from our friendship. And I hung up the phone, never heard from her again. Just like that. Five years. Five years of us having them over, them having us over, them coming home at two in the morning and asking us to pick them up at the flyaway in the valley and us doing it because we felt bad and they're a little bit older than us and just going out of my way even made her towards the fifth year executor of my will (laughs) which I changed but I mean I had so much trust in this person and for her she was like crazy it was shocking So again, um, I went back to all of these friends of hers and said, this is what happened. And they said, we know she is like, she has like a split personality or something. So all these women kind of huddled around me. They all took me out for lunch. They're all like, we all wanted to tell you about our experiences, but we didn't think you'd believe us. We knew that you were good friends and that eventually you would find out that there's something wrong with her. So anyhow, um, so there was that. So that friendship ends and it really tore me up. It really tore me up because I really thought I was really being a good judge of character. And then to have somebody who completely loses it, I don't mean just a little bit. I mean, like to where you have to, like, you want to throw the phone across the room, um, and you're afraid to pick it up, like really scary, scary, bad. Then my biological dad, who did not raise me, who I became friends with after I was 18 until I was in my 50s and who's really never been there for any of his kids. And I was visiting him with um, my sister-in-law, went up to where they lived, was visiting them and had these chest pains on the second or third night that we were staying near him in a condo. And I thought I was having a heart attack. So I'm taking all these aspirin, um, calling my husband. Oh my God, what do I do? He's like, go to the emergency room immediately. So, you know, my dad has a bad heart and genetically now I know that I have coronary artery disease. So I, I go to the hospital. I go to the hospital and luckily my sister-in-law's with me and she keeps saying, where's your dad? And I said, I don't know. 
So one hour goes by. Now he's five minutes from the hospital. Two hours goes by, three hours, four hours, five hours, six hours. On the seventh hour, he finally comes by with his wife for a short time. And the next day, doesn't come by at all. And I felt so abandoned by him. I felt so like the one time I really need him. And it's like he's nowhere to be found. And he calls me and he's at a holiday meetup group eating pulled pork sandwiches, just having a good old time with his wife while I'm sitting there with an IV. I have another, um, some kind of port going in my arm because I'm waiting for them to do a test. They have me on all sorts of medication. I had a four-day four migraine and I'm in the hospital and I'm there by myself because my sister-in-law needed to go home and he's nowhere to be found. And I'm like asking him, are you coming? So he comes the next day and he brings me some old expired fruit from his refrigerator. Um, just thoughtless, just completely thoughtless. And I realized that I had been seeing him through rose-colored glasses the entire time. The person that I loved and the person that I wanted so badly to have a relationship with really didn't exist. You know, I saw him through rose-colored glasses because... I wanted so badly to have a father. I'm making tea, you guys. I hope you don't mind. So anyway, I get back to where I live. And he starts to talk on the phone one day about one of my half-siblings and how he's going to bail them out again because they keep screwing up and he's going to give her money again. And, you know... Um, Done almost zero for me my entire life. Never paid child support for anybody. Never raised any of his kids and gave two of the kids away for adoption. I was one of them. So it's just been very hurtful. Things that you go through and you want to say something. You want to be able to say something. It's like having gas and you can't fart. That, that's really painful. You have to let it out. So I drove, after I got laid off from my international beauty company, I had a company car every other year for almost 20 years. I bought a, um, what's it called? A Chevy um, Victorian car. I can't even think of the name of it, you guys. But anyway, it's a big car. So I bought this car and it kept having problems and he kept saying to me on the phone, when are you going to get rid of that old sled? When are you going to get rid of that old sled? Meanwhile, he buys a new car for him and his wife every other year. He's driving a Mercedes. He has a big house. He has all the stuff so he can like tell everybody, look at me. I have all the big stuff. I'm somebody. So I'm driving this car. And I wound up driving it for like 15 years because I had no car payments and I wanted to put the money into retirement, you guys. I didn't want to blow it on a five or $600 a month car payment. 
to me, it wasn't important. So I spent my money a certain way, which was putting it away, doing things for other people, and using it for bills and things like that. So one day he's like, when are you going to get rid of that old sled? And I said to him, you know, do you want to help me with the down payment? I don't know why, but that just came out of my mouth. Do you want to help me with the down payment? And he says to me, this is on the phone. No, why would I want to do that? Uh, Because you're my father. So he's like, well, why don't you buy my wife's car? She has an older car and I want to buy her a new car. Why don't you take that car and you can make payments to me? And I'm thinking this guy is effing out of his mind. He left me and my mother when I was 18 months old. Other than taking me on a cruise a couple times to ease his guilty conscience, he has done really nothing in my life other than spend some time with me, which is nice. Um, but he's never been there when I've been sick. He's never been to any of the shows I was in when I was in dancing and acting shows all through school. He just hasn't been there. He's been an absentee sperm donor and never gave my mother any kind of monthly payment, never did anything financially, nothing. So I was thinking he could have, he could have, he could have brushed it off and said, you know what? I'm going to stick a hundred bucks in your PayPal and that's towards your down payment. And you know what, you guys, that would have been okay because it would have been symbolic. It didn't have to be thousands of dollars. He could have just said like, I'm rooting for you. Do you know what I mean? Like, you're important enough to me that I'm going to do this for you. But no. So I hung up on him. So that was before this whole hospital incident. And I had so much built up in me and so much anger from the past and from everything that's gone on. When he told me that he was bailing my other half-sister out again because he loves to brag. I gave her $10,000 last time. I paid off her credit cards last time. I did this for her last time. It's like, well, what the hell are you doing for me? You know, I'm doing everything right. I have a long-term marriage. I give to charity and help other people that are needy. You know, when my husband lost his job, he told me to go get food stamps. It's like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? So you know what? All these times I suppressed it and suppressed it and suppressed it. And I finally exploded and I let loose about how I felt. I told him how I felt about everything. And never heard from him again. It's too hard for him. It's too uncomfortable. It's too distasteful. I'm living in the past. I need to get over it. So... That relationship is gone. Um, then I got my biological, not my biological, my, um, my uncle that raised me, that dad, come back into my life after not being in my life for like five years because of something he said that was terrible. You know, 
basically, I'm going to give all my money to my wife who kicked him out of the house, who he doesn't live with anymore. I'm giving all my money to my wife and I never got insurance for you, life insurance or anything. And the house that I helped her paid off, pay off, you know, everything's going to her sons. You're getting nothing. By the way, when I die, can you do me a fave? I'm going to send you a check for $6,000 and have a party for me. He used to be a school teacher. Have a party for me. Let everybody get up and talk about how great I was and funny stories and all that kind of stuff. And then if there's any money left over, write her a check and send it to her. And I said, you know what? That's very hurtful. Gee, dad, that's very hurtful. You know why? I'll tell you why. For the last 30 to 35 years, your whole life has been about them. But yet, I have to do your funeral. I have to do your services because it's distasteful to them. I have to take you to your medical appointments because it's distasteful to them. I have to do all these things like the freaking maid. But there's no benefit out of any of this for me. And he tells me straight out, I remember we're eating sushi one day and he had been on my life insurance as a second next to my husband for like two or $300,000. I had put him down and we're eating sushi and I almost choked on it. He's telling me that his friend got life insurance for his daughter. What a waste of money that he would never get life insurance for me. And I'm thinking, what an asshole. Why wouldn't you? I've had life insurance for you. I mean, what a narcissistic, self-centered jerk. So when I told him how hurt I was about the, about the, the, the money that he wanted me to send her, like she's not getting enough, he, he says to me, I don't give a fuck what you think. I don't care what you think. Just do what I say. And I said, you know what? I'm done. Hung up the phone. Didn't talk to him for five years. But then he comes back around. He comes back around and he comes back into my life and he comes back in asking forgiveness and he comes back in when I find out my mother and sister, I mean, my mother and her sister had died the same month during 2020 COVID in October. So I'm already really sad. I'm already going through a really hard time. And, you know, here flies in daddy. He's like, it's daddy. I'm like, what do you mean it's daddy? I don't have a daddy. He goes, no, it's me. It's daddy. I'm calling to ask for your forgiveness. Well, I gave him the forgiveness, you guys. I led him back. And this is the present I got for Christmas. For Christmas... He said to me, what can I get your husband? Your husband's such a great person. You know, you guys are doing these things for me. What can I do for him? What does he really desire? What can I give him? And I said, you know, he has everything. Seriously, you don't need to get us anything. Uh, like he hasn't given me anything for Christmas in 35 years anyway. Um, so I don't know why he's starting now. But um, he's like, what can I do? And then he says this. I know... I'm going to get your husband a tall, 25-year-old blonde with long legs. And I said, what? Yeah, that's what I'm going to get him. And I said, listen, uh, which I wanted to say Mr. Pornoville, 
which I didn't call him. He's a freaking dirty old man. Uh, my husband doesn't want a 25-year-old blonde with long legs. Oh, do you know how lucky you are? You are just so lucky. And I said, you know, Dad, that's really demeaning. I said, you've demeaned me my whole life. That's very, very hurtful. And he just said, Trace, that's just my personality. I'm just joking. And I said, you know what? That is very hurtful. I'm going to be 60 in 15 months. And it is really hard as hell being a woman and going through menopause and getting older. You don't know what it feels like. And I said, growing up, you put me down and pulled the shit my whole life. And I, you're skating on thin ice with me. We've had these conversations that you will not disrespect me because if you do, I'm not going to talk to you. And he hung up the phone. He hung up the phone. So I spent Christmas. You could imagine how joyful I was through Christmas, never called and apologized. But what he does do is try to go in the back door. He calls my husband five days later. Oh, you know, I just got my daughter back in my life and I think I really fucked things up. And he said, why are you calling me? You should be calling your daughter. You could have apologized right then and there and everything would have been fine. But you didn't. You blew it. And he's explaining to my father all the trauma I've been through. Everything that's gone on in my childhood. How that brought back all the feelings of feeling inadequate. And all the times that he told me I was stupid and I would amount to nothing. He didn't see it. So I decided... Um, I'm done. I'm really done. I, when you have too much pain with somebody, even if you care about them somewhat, if there's too much pain, you have to remove yourself. You just do. And also you have to really watch out what I'm going to say. What am I going to say? Because there's going to be a reaction. So the following thing happened, uh, coincidentally, around the same time. My cousin, who I love and adore, who I've talked to on the phone probably twice a month for the last eight to ten years. I've been there for her. She's been there for me. She's talked about her crap. I've talked about mine. We both have a crazy, crazy moms. We both have um, come from a dysfunctional family. Um, she's been a wonderful person in my life and I'd like to think I've been a wonderful person in her life as well. Um, when she moved over here to Northern California, got on a plane, I flew up. I don't like staying at anyone's house. I like having my own space. I like giving people their space. I stayed at a hotel, which was fine. And I spent about four days and I met her husband who's wonderful and we had a great time. I just love my cousin. So all these years on the phone, she'd say, oh, they got to meet the boys, you know, her husband, my husband, they got to meet, they, they got to meet one day, one day they got to meet. So finally they're coming out and about a week or two before they changed the date 
And I'm hoping my husband can get off work and come early because they're coming like at three in the afternoon. But my husband is a manager for this billion dollar company. They literally all day long, they have meetings. And he said, I would love to see them, but they're going to be there during the day when I'm working. And I just don't think I'm going to be able to take off. So I find out from her now that they're only stopping by for two hours, like between three and five, because they have to be at her friend's ranch by 830 at night, which means they have to leave here like around five or 530 because there's a lot of traffic because it's the holidays on and on and on. So I'm feeling kind of slighted. I'm feeling like bad. I get to see my cousin, but only for two hours, and I just don't feel like it's enough, and I feel like, why can't she stay over at least one night so we can stay up for hours and talk, and our husbands can meet, and we can have a really good, you know, deep conversation about stuff, and I was feeling, especially with the whole thing with my dad, I was feeling very put off, I was feeling very unimportant, I was feeling really um, sad. I had passed it by some friends of mine to see what they thought. And they thought, God, there she's making a pit stop. Like, that's like, you're getting two hours? That's like it? So I started feeling like I needed to say something and I left our message. And I barely heard from her for three weeks. And I'm calling her. I'm leaving her messages. I'm sending her little cute emojis. She just ghosting me, nothing. So finally, finally, she gets back to me and basically, um, I'm the problem because I don't appreciate her. She's been what she considers to be a friend and an advisor and this, you know, fixture or whatever in my life and that I don't appreciate her, which is the furthest thing from the truth. I never said I didn't appreciate her. I don't feel that way. I've always appreciated her. But she's like, I'm just not the cousin that you need or that you want. And she's defending her position about going on and on. And then we had presents for you. And then we were going to my friend's ranch who has a multi-million dollar ranch. And you were going to be able to come too, which I don't care. I don't care about a million dollar ranch. I care about spending time with people I love. I don't need a bracelet or a pair of earrings. I don't need dog treats for my dogs. What I need is time. I need moments. I need to sit down and have a meal with somebody and get into real conversations and hug them and smooch them up and have real time with people. And I need, for someone I admire so much as my cousin... I need for our husbands to meet. And the fact that that wasn't going to happen, it was very disheartening to me. Especially since everything that I've gone through. But instead of her just calling and having just a conversation, just a calm conversation, you know, well, you hurt my feelings too. I would have been like, why? Well, because we're coming all the ways out to you and you should just be happy with the two hours. I mean, you know, we've we've talked about this. We've planned it. She never even tried to call to try to like 
smooth it over. She never wanted to acknowledge my side of it. It's like, oh, you're the victim. And it's like, fuck, where is all this coming from? All I wanted was to spend more time with her and her husband with my husband. That's all I wanted. And I said something. I opened my mouth. God, forgive me. So you know what? The relationship now is over because I've been getting tons of emails and she thinks all these different things that I didn't know was going on in the back of her mind. So she's had all these grievances. She's had all these issues. She's felt all these different ways about me that have never come out. And now everything, here comes, here comes, here comes, here comes. Everything's coming out. So you've got to be really careful what you say. So if I would have kept my mouth shut, <coughs> excuse me, hold on. Tea. If I would have kept my mouth shut, I would still be speaking with my biological father who has no respect for me. And I would still be speaking with my cousin who obviously thinks that her contribution to my life has been so much more than my contribution to her life from what everything, from everything that she's written down. Uh, she's gone off the deep end thinking I don't appreciate her, which I never, ever, ever said. Um, she's taken it like, to the extreme and you got to be careful you got to be careful you have to weigh it you have to wonder is it worth opening my mouth and saying something like when the people that work for me at L'Oreal they weren't getting raises and I put my foot down with my boss and I said you're getting a raise aren't you you're getting thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars more a year. What are you going to give my people? 50 cents more an hour? That's pathetic. They work really, really hard for both of us. And you need to approve this for me. You need to step up and care about these people and get them a dollar or $2 more an hour. This was like 20 years ago. And she said, why do you care? I said, because they're human beings and they bust their ass and they work hard for us. That's why I care. She goes, well, if they're not bitching about it, I wouldn't be concerned about them. Just worry about yourself. So again, guys, think about it before you say something. Think about it before you say something. Because you could say one little thing. And all of a sudden, everything gets blown way, 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 way out of proportion. But you know what? I love my biological father. I love my father that raised me. I love my cousin. And I wish all of them well. They're not in my life anymore, but a lot of other people are. And... You know, not everybody is going to ride your train with you to the end. We are on a train ride. That is life. People are going to get off. People are going to get on. Some people stay a long time. Some people stay a short time. And you know what, guys? That's okay. That's okay. 
anyways, I share this why. I share this so people don't feel so alone in what they're going through. I share this because I like to be real and I like to keep this no bullshit zone of mine going. So I want to wish everybody a successful, happy, and mostly peaceful 2022. I wish you all the very, very best, truly. And please continue to support me and watch, listen to, not watch, but... I had a bad night's sleep. Can you tell? Anyway, listen to all of my podcasts and share them with your friends. Um, Being listened to all around the world. And lately I have listeners from Malaysia. Hi, you know who you are. He's trying to quit smoking. So anyway, um, take care, guys. Thank you. Bye-bye.